we are excited to welcome you to another episode of Live to Give More. We will discuss ways to have impact in our communities and around the world. We will introduce our audience to inspiring ideas and people who are making significant changes. Together, we will navigate how we can all better serve others and spread kindness. We decided to create this podcast in order to do our part and give our listeners ways to take action and be the change. My name is Anna G. Ehrlich, and I'm a wife, mom, former nonprofit executive, and president of Imagine Branding and Events. My name is Elise Sheck Bonwit, and I'm a wife, mom, attorney, author, and business owner who has been fortunate to serve in leadership roles and volunteer opportunities through several nonprofit organizations. My motto is give more than you take. We are friends who have had a variety of experiences, skills, and opinions that will make you think, cry, and smile, but most importantly, expose you to special ways to give back. We will inform you about what is going on in the world and what you need to know about how to make a difference. So let's get started. Why WCA is dedicated to eliminating racism, empowering women, and promoting peace, justice, freedom, and dignity for all. It is one of the oldest and largest women's organizations in the nation, serving women, girls, and their families. Since the first YWCA was established more than 160 years ago, they have been leaders within some of our nation's biggest challenges for women, from voting rights to civil rights, from affordable housing to pay equity, from violence prevention to health care reform. YWCA South Florida has been at the forefront of some of South Florida's most significant social issues since it was founded in 1921 and has worked to improve the lives of more than 3.1 million adults and children. YWCA South Florida combines programming and advocacy in order to generate institutional change across four key areas, racial justice and civil rights, empowerment and economic advancement of women and girls, early education, and health and safety of women and girls. We are excited today to interview our guest, Carrie Ann Royas, CEO of YWCA South Florida. Carrie Ann is a mom, businesswoman, and a 25-year veteran of the social sector, particularly passionate about social issues affecting women and girls. As CEO of YWCA South Florida, Carrie Ann brings a wealth of expertise in social justice and innovation, strategic alliances, management, and leadership to evolve the social dynamic of the region through the mission of YWCA South Florida. Now past YWCA's South Florida's 100th year, Carrie Ann remains committed to carrying out the organization's mission of rooting out social injustices and addressing all discrimination issues that happen at the intersection of race and gender. She has led the rebrand of YWCA to a regional presence serving both Dade and Broward counties. The expansion of the board include men for the first time in 100 years and the successful mobilization of the largest community-wide movement called the 21-Day Racial Equity and Social Justice Challenge in South Florida. Looking forward, she plans to continue expanding YWCA mission footprint until everyone sees all women, girls, and people of color the way she does, equal, powerful, and unstoppable. So 
Oh, that's wow. an amazing bio. There's so much more wow, to wow, your wow, bio. So if you're listening, you should go to her bio because there's so much more there, but I want to hear it straight from you. So welcome, Carrie Ann. Thank you so much for being with us today. We want to learn more about what you're doing on a daily basis, more about YWCA and how we become more involved. So what inspired you to work for YWCA? Well, first of all, Anna and Elise, thank you for inviting me to your platform. This is really fantastic that you have independently created a space to share with folks like you, friends, family, others that identify with wanting to do something for their communities, but maybe not quite knowing how to navigate that. So I think that's pretty cool. So congratulations on that in the first place. You know, every time I hear bios being read, I don't know, most CEOs, we kind of cringe like, oh my God, they're going to read all that. (laughs) So it's humbling. I'm inspired by the movement of YWCA because of the mission itself to eliminate racism and empower women. I can tell you that I feel like I'm, I'm a walking experience around what it feels like, obviously, to be a woman of color, but also understanding, you know, the sacrifices my mother made. I'm a naturalized citizen. I wasn't born in this country and I grew up in a place, and I often say this, where many people look like me. The store owners, the teachers, the principal, the architect, the prime minister. I had a lot of great examples of excellence in my gender as it, as well as in my race. So it's been inspirational for me to have a full circle moment where I get to lead an organization that sole mission is that intersectionality. And I was brought into this work and moved by it, especially because of the fact that I have my own kids and they are a boy and a girl. And when I first came to the mission, that's what drew me here. I knew I was raising first-generation Americans in a country that was now home to me, but not where I was born. And I got an opportunity to kind of get a front row seat to a future I could build for them. So that's what brought me here. Excellent. Excellent. So let's talk a little bit about the people that you're serving through your programs and projects. Give us a little bit of numbers so that our audience can understand the scope of how powerful and how big this is. So first of all, YWCA has been around for over a hundred years in South Florida. That means we serve the entire scope and footprint of South Florida in both Dade and Broward counties. We have over the years, I mean, we've really tried to crunch some numbers to think about how many people's lives we have touched. And we know it's well into the millions. On an annual basis, however, we get to touch the lives of over 10,000 people and we get to be in relationship with over 6,000 people. And what I mean by that is we have many programs, engagements, learnings, you know, sharing of knowledge, speaker series our 21-day challenge that reaches a lot of people. And then we have program impact, which has to do with things like our preschools, our economic empowerment programs, our workforce development programs, our court care programs, our breast cancer screening programs that we're more deeply in relationship with serving those persons. So the reach is over 10,000. However, the relationship and service which all of it's in service too, but we get to work a little bit longer with our over 6,000 clients. Excellent. So give us a few examples of how your organization addresses specifically empowering communities. Just a a few programs or or examples you might have. Sure. So in the four areas that you guys uh, so eloquently outlined earlier, 
We work in the space of health by doing breast and cervical cancer screenings for under and uninsured women most of the time. And why do we do this work? Again, it's an intersectionality issue that we're addressing. The fact that we know that Black women and brown women die of these cancers at much more alarming rates than others. And we know that it's because of early diagnosis, education, and access. So we've been doing that work. We actually brought Susan G. Komen to South Florida. We were the organization that birthed Susan G. Komen in South Florida. Oh my God. Thank you. That's amazing. We wanted to shine a light on the issue of the breast cancer inequity. And we reached out to their national office and created their first local presence in South Florida, bringing them to Miami. And our board members were their board members and they lived in our building until they got on their feet. That's amazing. We have always been on the forefront of those types of things. We have four preschools, which are in low to moderate income neighborhoods that serve under-resourced families, all Head Start, Early Head Start, all the acronyms you could think of, serving almost 300 kids and over 500 families a day. We also have a very unique program that a lot of folks don't know about called Court Care. Court Care is a human rights response, which is a drop-in child care center in five courthouses in Miami-Dade, as well as one in Broward County, that really came out of the need to support women who were going for domestic violence injunctions. And they had their kids and we didn't want them re-traumatized in the courtroom. From the inception, it's since developed into supporting families of all kinds who are there in the courthouse to defend their human rights in one way or another. And where they don't have, we want to make sure that families are able to fully participate in that without the barrier of childcare needs. So we do some wraparound services and we also have that drop-in care. And that's been tremendously successful over the years. And you couple that with after-school programs and, and youth enrichment programs and Also, our biggest arm right now is our economic empowerment programs, everything from financial literacy to match savings to workforce development and certifications and women entrepreneur boot camps. We are very proud of the amount of work that we do in economic prosperity because we firmly believe that economic prosperity is the cornerstone of equity building. Yes. I mean, it seems like you're literally touching like every aspect of South Florida. So it's really inspiring. So tell me a little bit about your team of leaders, like who's helping you do all of this, because it's just, it's a lot of work and you're having such an impact literally in every part of Miami. So how are you doing that? Wow. You know, especially in these last few years, (laughs) the workforce has been a really tough one. And we certainly have special people on our leadership team because nonprofit work is hard. It is hard. It's not like public or private or for-profit work in a sense that you can kind of learn to do everything. You have to be multifaceted and multi-talented. And most importantly, you have to care. So just out of the bat, you have to know that these folks are special. So I have, I consider myself as having kind of the best of the best in the industry, in their specific areas, from finance to fund development and communications to our COO. We we have a lot of property interests in YWCA, so it takes a lot to manage all of that. And I think people often forget that nonprofits are businesses too. And as such, we need the same level of business talent, if not better, because we're asking them to do a million things and attracting them. So I have a great team 
of vice presidents over our programs, vice president of mission advancement, Angeline Evans over our programs is Mr. Jose Filpo. We also have Veronica Brown, who is our chief operating officer and oversees everything facilities, risk, IT. She makes, she's a, the engine that makes our, makes us tick to our senior director of human resources, Mary Muniz Pilser. And currently looking for a VP of finance slash CFO. Maybe this will help you find one. <laughs> it will. I hope yeah. so. But I need a forward thinking strategist. I need someone right. who can make sense of numbers. Not well, we will help you spread the, the word. We will help you spread the word. So Please. you have a lot of different people you're working with, I'm sure professionally and also on your boards. So what is your leadership style? How do you keep this all together? And how do you continue to inspire them to do what they're doing? I know that I'm an, I'm fairly insatiable, right? It's pretty hard for me to think I've arrived. So my leadership style is adaptive because not everyone needs the same thing at the same time, but it's also transitional because I am constantly learning. I don't think that, you know, worked before. I like to tell the team like what, what got you here won't get you there. So, and especially in an organization that's growing, you know, what the behaviors, the habits, the leadership that we displayed when we were a $3 million organization has to be completely different when you're a $10 million organization. It all shifts because of how you have to support people, work through people and with people, elevate them, you know, and pull yourself away from some of the things you might be really, really comfortable doing, right? So it's growing, it's adaptive. I believe that my leadership is is assertive, but welcoming. And I think our three core values, which is courage, compassion, and commitment, we call it our three C's, is what I try to exemplify every day. Sometimes well, we screw up, but uh, we just say that. <laughs> but obviously you're you're doing a pretty good job because it's really impressive all the things you're doing. Okay, Thanks. so no, it, it really is. So I want to talk a little bit about numbers. Can you give us some important rates and statistics that would be helpful to our audience? What numbers... I know that you're reaching, you know, about 10,000 a year with 6,000, you know, connections in the schools, in the after-school programs. What are a little bit of the statistics you have going on there? So our after-school programs, we're currently in five schools. Sometimes we're in seven, other times we're in four, sometimes we're in 10. It kind of really ebbs and flows with the years and different principles and which schools we end up working with. We currently work with about 300 young people in those schools. There have been times when we're working with 600 young people in the schools, but our we like to think of our after-school programs as kind of satellite YWCAs. So how are we sharing all of the same resources? How do we want to impart the fact that people are whole human beings? They don't just need the after-school program. Families need work. They need to know that their kids are secure. They need to know that academically they're supported, but they also might need screenings. They might also be interested in one of our economic empowerment programs. They may need preschool because they may have a little one that's in elementary, but they need preschool services for this younger one. So our after-school programs are enrichment-based. We have a curriculum called Global Education that teaches young people about being global citizens and how they show up in the world and what they need to care about and how to show what they're most interested in. So in mostly low to moderate income neighborhoods, 
We are in partnership with the schools and the school districts and funders like United Way and Children's Trust that help us to bring high quality services to those schools. And we serve from K through 12 in different school settings, as well as in our YWCA buildings. Yeah, and we just try to make sure that we expose them to college and career options and give them a lot of financial literacy. After the age of eight, we start working on financial literacy. And we just launched a teen entrepreneurship program. And that's been that's very great. successful. And then the global education piece always underpins that. Absolutely. I see you're, you cover just about all the ages in order to make the, the family whole. You know, we try to do so. We certainly do. Yeah, that's the idea. So talk to me a little bit about the challenges and the obstacles that you face as a community leader. You know, I think the greatest of the obstacles that is very recent for us has been leading a mission that is as bold as YWCA's around eliminating racism. It's been, you know, over the last three years, we've seen where there's been great support for that kind of a mission. And then we've seen the backlash of that, which is what always happens when the pendulum swings one way, right? I think the biggest challenge for me is to always stick to what's right and stick to the facts and to help people to recognize that we're more alike than we are different and to agree to those things that we know are factual, such as inequities are factual. It's factual that your zip code oftentimes determines your economic and academic outcome. It's factual that Black women and brown women are dying at greater rates of breast and cervical cancers. Those things are factual. And when we speak about racism and the words that have become so triggering to people, that we forget the facts and the truth. So right now, I find that I spend a lot of time recentering us so that we can continue to do the work because nobody wants a person's race, zip code, birth, your birthright, however you were born, to determine how long you live, to determine your socioeconomic status. No one wants that. No one wants that. And I think we just have to remember that when we talk about systemic racism, we're talking about the impacts of those things because of race and how it aligns to your outcomes. So right now, being a leader in that space is somewhat challenging, but I still am very hopeful because South Florida continues to want to do that work. Yeah, that's good to hear. And I, I mean, you're amazing. You're an incredible leader in this community. So just from listening to you, we know that you obviously have inspired so many different people. What inspires you? Is there a leader out there who inspires you? Is there a quote or a motto that you look to often to inspire you? Like what gets you going? So aside from the fact that there are times when I just have to take it to Jesus, <laughs> not even play it. Sometimes it's faith and just being rooted and grounded in the fact that there, this life is so much bigger than me. And no matter what's happening in my daily life, that I am a smidgen in time. I am smaller than a grain of sand in the grand scheme of things. And I am just here to do what's, what I'm capable of doing in the time that I am here. And I have to recenter myself there. In terms of leaders, there's an amazing female prime minister in Barbados named Mia Motley, who I just can never get enough of. She is absolutely fantastic, strong yeah. leader. 
on an international stage, makes the right decisions for her country, regardless of how it might impact her. And I just admire her tenacity and her ability to move her country and inspire every person, you know, whether you are a leader and in parliament or you're just a regular citizen of the country. I just, I've just really admired her. And she has this voice that's very commanding. I love that too. (laughs) Usually the voice does it. So Carrie Ann, tell us a little bit about, I mean, with all that you have going on, I'm sure there's a what's next. I'm sure there's more projects and goals. How do you ensure that your goals are bold enough? And how do you keep innovation thriving and alive within your organization? And I know I just asked you a lot, so just... No, it's okay. And I'm, I'm actually like giggling because the one thing that my staff will tell you I don't have a problem with is boldness and innovation. Good. <laughs> Talk to us a little bit about that. I think, you know, built in the DNA most times of CEOs is very being very forward thinking and futuristic. And I am a futurist in and out. So I think the thing I, I have to do mostly to can be consistent is to make sure that I surround myself with people who are able to execute and people who are able to think broadly, who are able to pivot and adapt and who are not scared to add their voice to the choir and to know that their voice matters and that they themselves can create innovative ideas and that that is absolutely welcomed. So creating the atmosphere where people can fail forward, sometimes that's very hard in the nonprofit space because we have so many stakeholders that don't allow you to do that without, you know, being bashed really or losing funding. It's very difficult to, you know, just try it and fail and learn from your failures. It's it's difficult because you got to manage that in our world and trying to always create space for us to be imaginative. And I think that's really hard. But also, I think it comes from asking the big questions instead of letting the tail wag the dog, which in our world is the funders, you know, a funder telling you what you're doing. And all of a sudden, you have a series of funded programs as opposed to responding to a community need with partners who fund that response. It's a very bottom-up approach, and innovation usually starts with a top-down approach in the, in the thinking, not necessarily in the, you know, not top-down as some people would speak of it. But I find that if we don't leave space to say, this is why we're doing this, are we doing it right? Is, are we doing it equitably? What do people really need? If we're not asking those types of questions and we just end up executing grants. So, right. Exactly. I have a question. I want people an opportunity. I want to give people an opportunity to know you. What's an interesting fun fact about you? Oh my God, I'm not that fun. Every Wednesday night, I watch my kid play football and it's proper football, not, you know, the one that you hold with your hand. It's every Wednesday night, I'm watching my kid play football on the field and I really enjoy that. I am afraid of dogs and I have a dog. (laughs) And I am a woman of the tropics through and through. I don't know if that's. That's pretty That's evident. That's a fun fact for sure. And what would be your advice to your 21-year-old self? It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. I like your it. Instincts. Yeah, it's going to be all so right. So we're almost at an end, and I want to give you an opportunity to kind of tell us a little bit about some volunteer opportunities. If you can just list a few and kind of let us let us know how we can help you move forward. 
Thank you so much. So there are, I like to think that people want to do something and sometimes they want to volunteer and sometimes they want to give back. And if you want to volunteer, you can join, jump on our website and click the how to help link on that page, which is YWCASouthFlorida.org. You can also follow us on social media, YWCASouthFL. We wrote it down here to tell everyone. Thank so, you. Yeah. And so if you click any of those links, there's an info at YWCA button, but you can volunteer for any of our community events. We've done things like hygiene packing parties and backpack events and so on. You can also volunteer in one of our programs if you like to work in preschools or you like to talk to young people or even to an up and coming entrepreneur. If you want to give your time to that, that's always important. You can join our team. There's so many different things. There's so many different things. That's you can amazing. be on a committee. You can be on the board if you're the right person. And you can be an event chair. You can give back in so many ways. So all of this, just so she said it, but I want to make sure I repeat it. Her website is www.ywcasouthflorida.org. You got to get on it. There's all these opportunities. Tell me what else, what to follow. Give us your Instagram handle. YWCASouthFL. And that's all our social media handles. All right. You can find us on all of them. And remember, it's the W that makes a difference. Yeah, <laughs> that's does. right. So Kellyanne, we started this podcast to encourage all of our listeners in giving more. We wanted to live to give more, thus the name of this podcast. So here are several action steps that can help. You mentioned a few of them, but just you can raise money. You can go on the website, find out different ways you can donate your time, volunteer, recruit volunteers, bring a friend with you, becoming an advocate to support any programs offered by the YWCA, which from this conversation, there are so many different opportunities. So you're not lacking in opportunities. So again, look at the website, pick at least one thing to do this week and tell us about it on an Instagram account. Follow us at live to the number two, give more. This has been amazing, Carrie Ann. Thank you for being with us today. Yeah, we really want to thank you for the insightful, helpful, and most of all, educational conversation that we just had. We hope our listeners out there will listen to this, will feel inspired, will learn, and will go out and do something to help our communities. Yeah. Kellyanne, thank you very much. Keep doing the incredible work. Thank you. 